The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Raw? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Raw? Am I Reister or am I wrong? I am George Reister. He's Ralph Amston. And this is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up. Um, and you guys can get a hold of us, 818-293-7547. That's 818-293-7547. And, um, and of course, <laughs> we have great topics up on the daily. So today, though, Kawhi Leonard, there's a report out that Kawhi Leonard may want out of the Clippers. This could be his second time out of a place because he doesn't trust the medical staff. But is it Kawhi? Uh, Dame Lillard may want out of Portland. Boy, that's a quick turn of events. Um, The MLB finally has its first victim of the sticky stuff crackdown. Scottie Pippen is still going scorched earth, and his attempt to sell the bourbon is just clear as day. The book in the bourbon, priority number one, two, and five right now. And he's now calling Phil Jackson a racist. And what's up with all this summer sickness? Ralph believes we are all going to experience it. And of course, canceler consequence and the best of social media. So I guess we'll start in the beginning, Ralph, because we're watching the NBA playoffs 
the Clippers versus the Suns. You're going to have game five tonight. And Kawhi Leonard is going to be out again. But there have been reports that surfaced that Kawhi Leonard is not happy with the Clippers medical staff. And may and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. And he may want out. Can you believe this? Like, and who and who is to blame here? Is this Kawhi being overly sensitive or is this something's up with the Clippers medical staff? I just don't have enough information. I don't even know how he's hurt right now. Shams had said that this is an ACL injury. Yep. Which you could have an ACL injury that's a two-week recovery time. It's just a low-grade sprain. But if if it's it's torn, it's you're 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 toast. It's month. Right. If right, and so I'm not sure what the point would be if his ACL is torn. Um for them to announce him as a game time yeah. or a morn- morning of the game decision every single time. I think he's still probably a week or two out, even if it's a sprain. I, I don't expect him to play in the series, even if the Clippers come back, which I don't think they will now that Zubach is also nursing his own knee ligament issue. Um, but I, I will say this, if he feels like he sprained it because he was telling team doctors uh, that he thought there might be an issue and he went out and played on it. That's one thing. But if he just doesn't like the medical feedback and advice that he's been given since getting hurt, then, I mean, that's entirely up to him. That's completely his prerogative. And I, I think doesn't he have the ability to opt out anyway. So um, maybe, maybe it would just do him the favor of giving him a reason to do something that he was maybe already going to do. Yeah, see, when when I look at this, it does give me questions, though, right? It gives me questions about Kawhi because in San Antonio, he fell out with the medical staff over his injury. This time, if he falls out with the medical staff over his injury, there's a part of me that understands that on some level because there's a natural mistrust between athletes and the team's medical staff particularly in football, because the medical staff is used to deem you healthy or not for them to be able to cut you or keep you. So that there's an element of that because the doctors are trying to serve two masters. They want to continue to be the team doctor for whatever team that they're employed by. But you have to remember that they also have their own individual practice and there's prestige in being the team doctor of a professional team. So their regular practice is elevated by that stature. So they want to hold on to that. And then they have their Hippocratic Oath, which is to do no harm. So how do you do no harm while trying to get a player back on the field as quickly as possible? Because doctors who sit people out all the time don't get to remain team doctors. So I think that it's a conflict of interest at times that puts them in a tough spot I generally believe they're good people trying to do the right thing, but there's a delicate balance in getting guys back on the field or on the court and fulfilling your Hippocratic oath. I agree. I think that there's also, and maybe it's just a trigger for me. I don't know if you feel the same way, George, but I never feel as down as when I get uh, bad medical advice or feel like, I was either taken advantage of or wasn't listened to. 
by somebody oh. who's doing like that. So I'll give you an example. This week, I lost a crown. I swallowed it. Um, I wasn't going to find it and clean it off. That that's not worth any amount of money to me. <laughs> so you so you mean to tell me that you weren't willing to scrounge around in the toilet after every time you dropped the deuce to try to find your crown? That is exactly what I'm telling you. And the and because of that, because I didn't want to uh, eat shit, I guess it cost me a thousand dollars, right? But when I went into the dentist uh, to have them take a look at building a new crown and putting it on, they told me like, "Hey, the only reason your crown fell off is because your previous office put it over a cavity." So that cavity, and it's I got that crown three months ago. And so they said that the the fact that you had a cavity that they didn't fix is what prevented the crown from bonding and is what caused it to fall out right away. And that was really frustrating to me because I've had so many bad dental experiences. I've talked to you about them. Yeah. Um, I had a two hour conversation with them before they even did this last procedure that I, that that included uh, getting a crown and some very extreme other stuff that they did. Um, And I had a two hour conversation with them and basically said like, Hey, it's been really hard for me to even be able to trust anybody to, to work on my teeth. I'm pretty sure the guy that, that, that did my dental work, went to U of A and listens to this podcast. So this is going to be interesting. Um, but he, yeah. So they want me to, to reach out and get my money back. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I went home and I was depressed for a good, like 18 hours, like, like legitimately cavern in my soul, unable to be filled with anything like feeling down. And th- and that's, and that's just a trigger for me. Yeah, Because you feel is, hopeless because you right. are not an expert in this. You go to an expert, right. somebody it, who's tasked with having your best interest at their at heart. And then when they either do a half ass job or didn't fully explore whatever your complaint was and get do get down to the details to try to really, you, you, you know, because sometimes doctors, dentists, whatever the hell it is, sometimes they're like, oh, I know what the answer is. Instead of fully saying, okay, hold up. He's complaining of this, this, this. Okay, the likely answer is this. So, but there could be other options. And when you don't fully explore what the other options are, sometimes that causes people to, it's not just lose a crown. Sometimes it's lose your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been around a lot of people who have been in, in that situation that, you know, their situations have only been made worse. And I, I get that 99% of the time you're going to have a doctor who is, is doing their best, you know, yeah. but sometimes you're going to have somebody who's treating it like a shift at QT. And that's just the, that's just the fact of the matter. And so if you don't trust the people who are working on you medically, that's not something mentally that you can overcome. It's just not, you, you have to look at it and say like, well, they're still here. Therefore I'm not going to be there's any number of other teams that would pay me X amount of dollars to be there. If I don't have to be in this situation, then I'm going to remove myself from the situation. Now this is complete speculation on so our part. I just know this is on Kauai. If, if, if this is true, so we're, we're, we're basing it on what the report from Yahoo said. So if this is true, is any of this on Kawhi Leonard and how he like, 
possibly being too too sensitive or do you think that this squarely rests on the San Antonio Spurs and the Clippers organizations I don't know I don't know Kawhi's an interesting dude you know he sued Nike he he's the only player that I know of to have not gotten along with Greg Popovich to the point of like having a long-standing grudge um, despite winning a championship there winning finals MVP there you know, he, he was a hero in Toronto and he yeah. left um, for who knows why. And now he's in this situation. He's a really, really interesting guy. Um, but he's I can't, I just, though. he is a mercenary. I just don't have enough information to know whether or not we can put this on his shoulders, you know? Yep. Um, there, there's another player who is, maybe wanting out after proclaiming he didn't want out. And that's Damian Lillard. He he seems like a loyal dude, but this hiring or not hiring of Chauncey Billups that's supposed to happen as Portland's head coach has actually sent people in like into a tailspin. So people have like, they asked Damian Lillard who he wanted to be the head coach. He was like, uh, Chauncey Billups and somebody else, like Kid or somebody else. And they're they're going to hire, they had planned to hire Chauncey Billups, but then here comes all this backlash on social media. They're like, Dame, you didn't know that he had a, a, a sexual assault allegation in like 20 years ago? He's like, bro, I was like a baby. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't reading the newspapers at like three or four years old. He's like, I had no clue about any of this. And I don't even know anything about it. So, like, do I want him still to be the head coach? Sure. I I don't I don't see anything wrong with what Damian Lillard said in the situation. Like, how this is where we get into cancel culture from consequence culture. There were no charges brought against Chauncey Billups. It was an accusation. We don't know anything about it. So the idea that this dude is good enough to be an assistant coach in the NBA, but now when it comes to being a head coach, people don't want him to be the head coach over an accusation that we have no clue about. I think that this is total cancel culture. Like it, like it, like at what point in time, even if, even if there were some teeny tiny bit of truth to it, even if there were like, at what point in time is he allowed to change his life, pay cut, pay consequences, change his life, and come back and be gainfully employed. That's always my question. Is like, is doing something wrong, does that prohibit you from holding any or doing anything great with the rest of your life? Because I've seen people who have been murderers, like like Tukey Williams, go out and go out, even though he stayed in jail, it was executed. Like you look at, like he wrote books. He helped people like change his life. And other people who've gotten out of jail have changed their life or committed crimes. So I, I, and Chauncey Billups did not go to jail. There was no criminal, nothing. So why should he not be allowed to be the Portland trailblazers head coach? I can't come up with a reason. I don't know, man. Uh, the 
the allegation against Billups, the details of the allegation against Billups are bad. Um, you know, that was kind of a the late 90s, uh, especially University of Colorado and and around that time, uh, it, it was no good. And, you know, he, he I think he was a Colorado product, high school, college, but this would have been after he was already in the NBA. Um, the allegations are basically that he was hanging out with Ron Mercer and Antoine Walker and Antoine Walker's um, on again, off again girlfriend. Um, they essentially like group assaulted her. That's the allegation. He, he contended that they, um, that she performed oral sex on him in the car. And that was the extent of it. Antoine Walker said nothing happened. Um, they settled out of court. That was 24 years ago. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a weird situation in which you have the 24 years since you have a denial and you have no charges. Um, I don't, I don't envy the Blazers to be in this position. I will say that the fans trying to make it Dame's issue to get some type of retroactive justice on a charge that nobody has any evidence should have existed as far as like a, a, a legal court issue. You know, that's, that's tough, man. I, I have people in my life who, who have been in a situation where they have uh, been assaulted, made a report, nothing ever happened. Um, or didn't make a report and just try to tough it out and then watch that person um, who perpetrated the assault uh, continue to, you know, thrive, come up. Yeah. And it's terrible. <laughs> you know, there's nothing worse than that. And so I don't see, know. See, but that's the, that's the question though, is that like, while I have had the same thing happen to somebody that I love and care about, I, I just don't know what a practical solution is because you can't just use allegations to disqualify people. But in a case of this, there's always a lot of he said, she said. And the I firmly believe that the majority of time that whether it's men, women, children, that they say that they were assaulted or something happened to them, that they really were. I also know that the 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 smaller percentage, much, 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 much smaller percentage of this is when people weaponize allegations. And or there's some sort of misunderstanding, because sometimes there is the truth there. I mean, there's one person's perspective another person's perspective. But what actually happened in the in the situation can be is basically what happened from that person's perspective. So like there's so much gray area to it. I just, without actual facts or or like criminal charges or anything like, like that, I don't think that you can then, you know, prevent somebody 24 years later from getting a job. That's okay. That's my thing about it. Okay. And I think that, um, 
And then this t- trigger warning for anybody who's experienced anything like this. We're going to get a little bit more into the weeds on this accusation. But uh, Jane Doe, um, as is often the, the, the terminology for an unnamed uh, victim or somebody claiming to be a victim of, of assault, says that she was admitted to the Boston Medical Center the day after the reported assault, a rape kit revealing injuries to her throat, cervix, and rectum. Um bruising on her back and semen found inside of her. We don't know whether that DNA matched anybody's. And if it matched Chauncey Billups, then obviously he would have been caught in a lie about not going further um, uh, with her than just oral sex in the car. So, you know, that's one of those situations where you do have the medical examiner report. Um, Something definitely happened, Um, you know, and that's that might be something that's influencing people to speak up on this. I think that it's also just the pendulum overcorrecting. But there's been so many people to get away with something like this that whether or not somebody perpetrated it, if there's been an accusation, you almost feel like to make up for all the societal harm of of not pursuing justice um, for victims that you'll pursue justice on hearsay. And it'll be social justice. It'll be uh, job related. It'll be, yep. you know, pressuring people to, to, to not be able to advance. And I think the interesting thing about this is trying to make it Dame Lillard's responsibility. And yeah, it's I not his not, responsibility. I don't blame him for not wanting nothing to do with it. And I don't blame him for, for checking out mentally and saying that I don't want to be here. If you guys have an issue with this and and even if it's true, like I didn't do it. Yeah. So you're gonna make you're gonna make this about me, and and we do that way too often. We draw a line in the sand, and we say like you're you're either with me or, or against me. And they really, he's gonna call their bluff. They're gonna draw this line in the sand. He's gonna go to a different beach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's gotten pretty rough, and you and you're just like, and he's just like, yeah, all right, cool, cool. I'll 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 show y'all. I'll show y'all. y'all it, it reminds me of training day at the at at the end where he was like, y'all going to turn y'all back on me. I have all you motherfuckers playing basketball in Pelican Bay. Like that's what this reminds me of where Dame is like, all right. All right. I got y'all. I got y'all fam. And this is why as an athlete, you always have to remember whether you're an athlete, entertainer, celebrity, whatever it is. You have to remember uh, Drake's line where it says, um, however long they'll, they'll love you will never be your decision. Like You always got to remember that this can come and go real fast, buddy. You can go from a hero to a heel or a heel to hero super, super quick. So you have to be able to withstand that and understand what it is. Uh, speaking of hero to heel, Scott. T. Pippen. All right. Scotty Pippen has continued his assault on everybody, dude. His assault on everybody. And I'm just sitting here just like, Scotty, are you serious right now, fam? Like, are you really serious right now? He is going 100% overboard with trying to sell this book and this bourbon. So last week he called... Uh, the last second shot that Phil Jackson let Tony Kukoc shoot, which ended up 
getting Kevin Durant to respond to it because Scottie Pippen had came at Kevin Durant too. too. He said that it was a racial issue as it related to Tony Kukoc and Scottie, Scottie Pippen. But mind you, right? Mind you. The other part about it is Tony Kukoc was basically bullied and assaulted on a basketball court by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because the Bulls were looking at drafting him. And when they played in the Olympics, I mean, dude, they just did him dirty. Like it was bad. And then he comes to their team. And now this. So here is what Scotty had to say on Dan Patrick. Help me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said. If you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, well, I mean, if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like I'm doing all the dirty work. But all of that, I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when so, you say a racial move. Well, why would why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like that was Scottie Pippen's team. But but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you? But if first thing, I just can't take all the third person. Like, it's a lot of third person, right? Uh, yeah, third person is really tough. It's really tough to digest. It it would be different. Like, one or one or one or two, if he's like, hey, yo, Dan, it was whose team was it? It was Scottie Pippen's team, right? Dude, he's talking about Scottie Pippen like Scottie Pippen's not even there. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what it, what the hell is going on? And, and he's got the bourbon there. I get it. I get the promotion of this. Scotty comes off, and, and uh, we will tweet out the rest of the interview. Scotty comes off as a guy who has been holding this in for a very, very long time, and he seems pretty bitter about the situation. About, like, this is one of those times, like my mom, when I finished playing in the NFL, I wasn't happy. My mom, because I got injured too many times, my career didn't finish the way I wanted it to, all of these sorts of things. My mom gave me perspective. She was like, you know, how many players got to do what you got to do? Okay. You were drafted number 104 out of 265. How many players finished that year in college football? 12,000. Oh, so you're number 104 out of 12,000. Okay, that ain't bad. How many years did you play? 
Okay, the average is three point three point two years. Oh, so you played more than double. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You gave yourself a good head start in life, right? Oh, so all these are good things, right? So I had to reframe my mindset. And Scottie Pippen has not reframed his mindset. He just so happened to play with Michael Jordan. Like this reminds me of like and everybody and yes, Scotty in his heart on some kind of way wonders if he could like in his heart, he wanted to be Michael Jordan. Like he wanted the praise, the adulation and to be recognized as more than a Robin or a sidekick. And I get that that in and itself can be frustrating. I understand it. But. To now, like, cause this big, big fracture in the team and, and, like, tarnish the greatness that you guys did, I don't like it. And if he wasn't happy in the situation, he had a bunch of opportunities to leave and to do his own thing. So, like, that's the only thing that I am, like, is this, you made these choices, you understood, like, you knew how big Michael Jordan's star was. And your star was brightened by playing with him. You're one of the, you were voted in 96, one of the 50 greatest players of all time. I mean, would you, would you rather have gotten three championships, leave and go do your own thing and maybe not get any more? I mean, I, I, I don't know what his revisionist history would have wanted to be different in the situation. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it is great advertisement for his bourbon, but at the same time, it's really not. It's like, hey, a couple of sips of this, and you're going to be calling your old boss racist <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. Um, I, I don't know, man. I Obviously, there was a lot leading up to that point that upset him in the moment. That was a straw that broke the camel's back type moment for him. Um, he snapped. He was, uh, you know, sitting over on the bench. He wanted that opportunity. He should yeah. have wanted that opportunity. It is completely understandable that he got his feelings hurt in the moment. For sure. It's interesting to me that he has stuck to his guns on the justification for him being upset all these years later because what it does is erase the result which was a win <laughs> yeah. it was tony tony kuko hitting one of the most memorable he game made the shot dude like that's the that's the thing about it. phil called the right number like right. that's the that's the thing about it is that is that sometimes in sports you have to take your take your ego out of it like, how many times has LeBron James been criticized for making a pass to a guy because he was double teamed and trusting his teammates, right? Right. Scottie Pippen just criticized Kevin Durant for not trusting his teammates and go basket for basket. But then you're upset about Phil Jackson trusting your teammate. Like, that's the... That's the hard part about it. But I get where he wanted to take the last shot. I 100 percent. 
after watching Michael do it time after time, Scotty was like, it's my turn. But yeah. the, the funny part about sports is, is that sometimes you hear people say, wait your turn. No, there is no turn. It's not your turn next. Like, that's the unfortunate part about it is that you may think it's your turn next, but then somebody else walks in the door and they can jump you in line. Right. Right. And this is going to be weird because this will be the second time that Antoine Walker's name has been brought up on this show. (laughs) But I remember when Antoine Walker went to the Hawks and the Hawks were one of the worst teams in the NBA. And everybody said, like, hey, I don't care how bad the Hawks are this year. If Antoine Walker averages 50, he's going to win MVP. Yeah, because, you know, he went from averaging close to 30, I think, for the Celtics and getting moved to Atlanta, where it was like, oh, well, he can just go all day. That's not what happened (laughs) that, he, he, you know, and it was one of those things of like, be careful what you wish for. And I don't know if Antoine Walker wanted to be in that situation, but I do know that he was kind of licking his chops when he realized he's not going to have to share the spotlight at all. But when you're not the one sharing the spotlight, all eyes, all guns, all everything is pointed at you. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not sure that Scottie Pippen recognizes the success that he had in his career, especially based on how he mentally and emotionally reacted to adversity a lot of the time. I don't think he uh, realizes and appreciates how much Jordan taking a lot of those bullets enabled him to be as successful as he was. For sure. And, dude, I think that that's important to uh, note is that I think that Scotty looks at it like his career is slighted because there are some people that are like, oh, well, he's only he was only so good because he was playing with with, with Jordan because he came out of Central Arkansas. He couldn't have been that good. Blah, blah, blah. That's not he's what that crazy means. for that, by the way. He's crazy for that. We're still talking about Scottie Pippen 20 years after he's gone. How many other players do we still talk about? 20 years after they go. Maybe Dude, nobody talks four? about Dominique Wilkins. The You're same right. Way. Maybe, maybe just me. Clyde Drexler. Nobody talks about him. He was fantastic. Nobody there really talks about. Don't know who Clyde are. Co- correct. They don't know who, how good Hakeem Olajuwon was. Patrick Ewing, John Starks, um, you know, uh, Larry Johnson, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Tim, Tim Hardaway, bro. People, do, People don't even know who the the uh, the, the um, uh, Ron TMC was, right? And that, so, speaking of Ron TMC, every time that somebody points out that Mitch Richmond got a championship with the Lakers, it's like the first time I've ever heard it. Mitch Richmond was a several time All Star, one of yes. the scorers of was my life. Was on the Olympic team, right? I think of him so little that every time it comes up that he's won a title, I'm like, oh yeah, he exists. Dude. Like I, but Scottie Pippen is one of those guys that you still, well, he comes up in conversation as part of what the Bulls were able to accomplish. Like you literally can't. I think Michael Jordan did a good job of pointing this out. Is there is no Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. Correct. You can't bring up Michael and not bring up Scotty in some way. Correct. Like he is incredibly blessed to be in the position that he's in. And it, it's not a good look to be um, 
to be doing some of the things that he's doing. And at the same time, well, it's they, absurd to make the claim about Phil Jackson, but also Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson is an older gentleman who spent the majority of his life around people from a different race and trying to think about things from a 20,000 foot above it all level. And there's some things that Phil Jackson has said in his career that come off as uh, definitely oversimplifications of issues of race. So here's what he said in the book Maverick. All right. He said white players and, and, and my, my, my mind you, these are just some quotes that were that were in uh, a Twitter feed. But like there's not necessarily context surrounding these. OK, here are just quotes from the book. White players are more often willing to run patterns and do work collectively because of the predominance of blacks in pro basketball. The sport is rapidly disintegrating into a one on one sport. There are only five or six NBA teams who play with more than superficial degree of team unity. And yeah, so and talked to, talk about black kids wanting to grow up and be the superstar of their neighborhoods, all of this stuff. So I think it's important for us to get context on these quotes because you can just pull quotes from a book and not understand the context around them. I mean, it's the same thing like just pulling a scripture out of the Bible and being like, hey, yo, see, look, it's sketchy <laughs> and not really understanding the context surrounding why or what was said or who said it or why they said it. All right. So here's some context on those quotes. Uh, He was playing for the Knicks when he wrote this book with Charles Rosen. It was 1976, four years before he was out of the league. Um, Two years after he had probably his best uh, season um, with with the Knicks because he won a couple of titles with them. Um, He was playing at the time. And at the time he wrote these words, it was still like three years before the Mormon church acknowledged that black men could achieve the same uh, accomplishments within the church as white men. Like we're still in a pretty uh, racially iffy time. Yes. Um, And so, you know, it's not like he said that in a post game press conference after not letting Scottie Pippen shoot the ball. And the reality is, too, is that Phil also grew as a coach and clearly had a lot of black men very responsible for playing a lot of team basketball. So, like, that, it's just, but the assertion, though, that Phil Jackson is racist. And Scotty went on in the clip to be like, well, yeah, I'm comfortable with 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 saying that. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, bro, that's explosive. Like Kobe had issues with with Phil. And after Phil wrote that book, Shaq had issues. But like they all have nothing but good things to say. Like you would have heard something by Dennis Rodman, by. You know, oh, do you do you know who would have said something about Phil Jackson being racist? Craig Hodges. Okay. That's who would have said if there were anything there, Craig Hodges, who was kind of blackballed out of the NBA, wouldn't he have been the person who who would have said it? 
I'm maybe I'm trying to find or BJ Armstrong, any of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely not anybody that spoke up on Scottie Pippen's behalf in this moment. Um, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Craig. Uh, Craig Hodges would have said this a long time ago, right? When he got blackballed out, right? I just, I don't know. It you can't tell Scottie Pippen that he's wrong to see. Uh, uh, I mean, he was an older rookie, he's a much older rookie, but a a white rookie get an important shot drawn up for him. And if Scotty Pippen wants to take that as racial, because the race is literally involved in that negotiation and that execution of that play, um, you're not going to tell him he's incorrect. You're just not, you're not, he's going to say like, look, a white rookie took this shot and I was on the team forever. And so, you know, you're just not going to convince him otherwise, but it's him. But he doesn't make a point. But in the interview, he doesn't make a point about why Phil's racist or anything like that. He just says, well, well, he drew it up for a white guy. What I, th- that doesn't prove elements of racism. And then the other part is he even goes further because Dan Patrick asked him, he's like, didn't Phil draw up a play for Michael, uh, for, for Steve Kerr or John? Yes, yeah, Steve, Steve Kerr. When Jordan was like, yo, I'm going to pass you the ball, be, be a ready. And, he, and, and this is where he's going to, I don't know what his relationship is with Michael Jordan right now, but we know Michael Jordan holds grudges. And the idea that he was just like, no, Mike, Michael had the film crew there. That was Michael's film, film crew. He was doing that for the cameras. Bro, that, I don't know how much bourbon that this dude is going to sell, but I'm a firm believer that relationships matter more than money. And I don't know what his relationship is with Michael Jordan right now, but Scotty, it feels like he's selling his relationships for anything else. Yes, um, but it's tough because he he came up. You know, the the last dance was a was a, a kind of a one sided tell all. He played for Phil Jackson, who wrote a lot of books and put a lot of personal stuff out there that people were able to see the forest of the trees and say like, yeah, but we accomplished all this together. So I'm not going to view it as a permanent betrayal. I'm not going to look at him as somebody who I'm never going to forgive. You know, Scottie Pippen is making choices in his personal and professional life right now that probably don't behoove him long-term. Yep. But he's trying to get that money right now and uh, best of luck to him. Yep. All right. Uh, The next thing up, the NBA, well, the MLB is now cracking down on the sticky stuff. And with the, and with the sticky stuff, we mean spider tech, glue, uh, gel, hair gel, whatever else pitchers are using to make the ball sticky. Mind you, remember a few years ago, we saw uh, a pitcher, a ball hit the catcher's vest and stick there. It stuck there. So the, the reason why pitchers use this sticky stuff is to get their spin rates up. So that means the ball curves more, the sliders move more, all of this. And MLB in the middle of the season, granted, they should have done it at the beginning of the season or waited till next season. They they enacted this uh, they enacted 
these new measures to stop players from using this sticky stuff. And the MLB had its lowest batting average since 1968 at 232, I believe. 232 hitters were hitting. And they're like, nope, nope. This is ruining the game. This is bad. So then I'm sitting here like, all right, it makes sense. But now, since they have eliminated the sticky stuff, pitchers have stopped throwing as many uh, curveballs, sliders, cha- uh, and have started throwing more two-seam fastballs and more change-ups. And the batting average has gone up. Strikeouts are down because these dudes were essentially on P- PEDs. And yesterday, we had the first pitcher get kicked out for sicky stuff, and, sus- and he's going to be suspended for 10 games. His name is Hector Santiago, plays in Seattle. Where do you land on this? Uh, should have been done a long time ago. Um, we've had conversations. Trevor Bauer's been talking about spin rate for a couple of years. Um, it just, it, the way it was handled was so goofy. Yep. Major, Major League Baseball never, ever, 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 ever hesitates to make a situation worse. <laughs> with its with its own players who it has to negotiate a new CBA with this offseason. All right, let, let's see how this goes. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's always been – I remember through the through the 90s, you know, umpires running out to see if John Smoltz had any Vaseline on the underside of his hat or things like that. This is not new. Um, this concern is not new. But it got to the point where everybody – is doing it and getting away with it. And and you have people who get frustrated by stuff like that. And, um, you know, this is, it's interesting to me in the way that it parallels sort of the, the Arizona state situation where like somebody has to complain or snitch because things are going a certain way. Um, and you could celebrate the success, but the success also comes at the, at the downfall of, uh, some other people. Right. Um, especially if they're not involved in the success or not on that side of the ball. So you have people complain, and this is just like with the Houston Astros thing. You have people complain, um, and then the Major League Baseball clams up, and they don't say anything, and you don't want anybody to – nobody wants to incriminate themselves. And baseball fans look at things very moralistically. Like if you cheat in baseball, especially if you get caught to a lot of the old heads – you might as well have killed somebody or yeah, um, stole yeah a car you tried to kill the game. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I, I think I understand that mindset. I do think that you can't fault somebody for thinking the integrity of the game is important. You just can't. I mean, you're going to say that you're mad when balls and strikes aren't called correctly, but you're not mad when somebody does something to get themselves a competitive advantage. Everybody wants to see the integrity of the game honored up to a certain point. And then I think we get to a point where we're all making individual decisions about what we can or can't stand. I think that there should be an approved substance of some kind that you can have to Rosin. improve your grip on the ball. Right. Rosin. Right. But I, I mean, you see people licking their hands. You see people rubbing the side of their head with the sweat. Um, you know, do do what you got to do to feel comfortable with the ball in your hand. But when you're when you're going out and purchasing substances for the specific purpose of becoming 
better, it's not that much different than what happened in the nineties. It's worse. It's worse than PEDs. It's worse than PEDs because PEDs don't help you every single swing. And truthfully, they may give you, they don't even really give you a huge boost in power. It gave you what it gave you is the ability to recover faster. That means that if after playing, you know, five days straight, if, and then you travel a day and then go start a new series. When you start the new series, instead of being at 90, instead of being at 90% because you're a little bit tired, you're at like 97%. And then at the end of the season, when you would normally be at 85, maybe you're at 92. Like that's the difference is that it helps you recover faster and to be able to play longer, harder. And for pitchers, Using sticky substances, this is worse than PEDs. It gives you such a unique advantage that you cannot even, like, it's worse than the hitters. So the while MLB turned its back on its players as it related to PEDs, uh, Barry Bonds not getting in the Hall of Fame, Roger Clemens so, so far, but then you let Pudge Rodriguez... Uh, uh, Piazza, even the commissioner, Bud Selick, Jeff Bagwell, a bunch of other guys, man. I'm not in it. It's, it's, I, I hate it. I think that it is totally fine to make decisions that increase the watchability of your product. So if people want to accuse Major League Baseball of turning a blind eye to something like this or steroids or greenies uh, or juicing the baseball outright, um, as long as you're open about it. I mean, look at uh, hockey a decade ago, decided to make some rule changes that put goal scoring up like astronomically. And it, and because everybody was on the same page and it affected everybody equally, everybody was into it. But you can't you can't just ignore it. And then when it becomes an issue, have to retroactively do a bunch of stuff to, to fix it. People will like I, when I was a kid, I used to love the fact that Ricky Henderson, Harold Reynolds, they were stealing 80 to 100 bases a year. Right. Yeah. That's part of the reason I fell in love with baseball is because anytime you got one of those fast dudes on the base path, you had an opportunity to uh, to see something exciting. Right. Home runs are exciting. Stolen bases are exciting. Strikeouts are exciting. If it's a pitcher that you're rooting for, there's only it plays at the plate. Right. You're watching a baseball game for the any of these three or four things that could happen that that get your adrenaline going and get you hooked on the game. It's been 34 years since somebody even stole over 80 bases and 35 years since somebody stole over 100, which, by the way, happened three years in a row, 1985 through 1987, where the the leaders was Ricky Ricky and Harold Reynolds. And so, like, the, the leader in stolen bases in the last full season, 2019, was Ronald Acuna, and he had 37. That's I, I guess I guess Malik Smith had 46 in, in the American League. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But so my, guys aren't even getting in the 40-40 club anymore. 40, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. That ain't exactly. 
there's just less and less about baseball that there is to get excited about because they had to come in and they had to clean up how many home runs there were. Now they have to come in and clean up how many no hitters there are. They changed rules that made stealing and analytics came in and, and, and made, you know, stealing bases something that's not as as necessary anymore. There's just fewer and fewer things in baseball to get excited about. Um, and that's going to be, it's going to be really, really tough for major league baseball to be, to sustain success. So if they want everybody to be able to put something on the ball, they just got to come out in the beginning of the season and say, you can do this. And then everybody will debate whether or not it's a good idea. And then everyone will forget about it when some type of advantage that makes the game more exciting comes into play. Yep. And that's why I love baseball's new rules that they're looking to implement with uh, a dish with making the bases bigger, which should increase stealing. Because if you add another six inches on each side of the base, that's a foot shorter. That's more that's more stolen bases all by itself because you get an extra foot. Also, though, it's kind of like it, it is increasingly hilarious in 2021 that we still have bases that come up out of the ground <laughs> why because how many people have you seen turn an ankle on a base yeah but they do well okay so like what what's your alter what is your alternative for this because this is the first time i've ever heard anybody say this what is your alternative for bases that are removable do you still have tube TVs in your house? No. Right. We moved on to the flat screen. We have the technology to do stuff like this. If you have like a base where you could literally like the color of it would change the moment somebody's foot hit the base. How crazy would that be? I'm talking about using technology to modernize the, the game the same way that it is. In a I goddamn don't video hate game. that. Oh, wait, you didn't say anything about bases lighting up, which I would like almost like a shot clock where it turns red around the rim. I mean, around the backboard. Yes. So so yeah, what you're absolutely. saying is not, so then you can tell out and safe easier. It, yes. And not just that, but it'd be more fun. We've already this is basically how video games work. Also, it's how your graphics on your screen have worked for 30 years. The color changes when somebody's on the base. You might as well just do it to the actual base. And it also it just cracks me up that we have all these leg injuries and lower body injuries every single year in a sport that involves going from zero to 60 uh, really, really quick. And, and nobody ever thought to say like, Hey, maybe, maybe having somebody run toward essentially like run as fast as you can into this two inch high tree stump. <laughs> like, And I know that I know that a base, I play baseball. I know that it's a lot softer than that, but like, I just feel like there are certain things that you could change to make sure that so, if you're going to invest so you want 30 a flat base. I want a flat base and I want it to, and I, and I want it to light up. So then how do you round the bases? Because when you're running around the bases, you actually use the base to push off when you're rounding the bases. So if the base is flat, how do you do that? You could still have it be some type of texture to where your cleats could go in like that playground foam shit that you have at the, uh, um, when you take your kid to the playground, you know what I'm talking about? Like the that sinks in a little bit under your feet. Yeah, you could but, still find a way to get leverage off of it. I'm gonna keep my raised bases, and until 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 you come up with a tenable solution, which I'm not saying is not possible, 
I'm saying like you're you're on to something. I just don't think that 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 you're fully to the to to the destination yet. I just hate seeing people make thirty five million dollars a year tear a hamstring because they're running toward a. Uh, so, like literally something that would be designed to trip a human being. <laughs> There's an element of truth to that, too. The following is a high five moment from high five casino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High five casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win three spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High five, high five. Casino, casino. Win at high five casino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do we need to cancel? Cancel. 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 Or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Now it is time for cancel or consequence. Cancel or consequence is the segment of the show where we tell you if something out in the world is a result of consequences or a result of cancel culture and here's what's up today so toyota is trending today because of their political donations not just because they donated to republicans because i full well support uh companies donating to uh politicians that are going to support their causes like i think it makes sense I don't like the whole idea of corporations being able to influence legislature. I don't like that part of it. I'm saying with the rules that we have currently in place right now, I understand why and support why businesses do it. I don't think that that should be allowed, but that's a whole different story. But now Toyota is under fire because they not only donated to Republicans, which you're allowed to donate where, wherever you see, see fit, but they donated to uh, politicians who did not certify the election. And that has drawn them under fire. And 
I'm going to put up a graphic. And here is the difference is that you have <laughs> companies like AT&T who made one donation. Um, Deer and Company, Reynolds American, and Co- like Reynolds Wrap, made three donations. Cigna, seven. The co- Coke Industries, like the Coke Brothers, they only made, how many is that, eight, nine? No, that's six. Six. Yes, that's that's six. Cubic Corp- Corporation, whatever the hell that is. And, but then you got all the way over here on the right, you got Toyota, 37 people who did, who refused to certify the election. People are upset about this. And even Dan Rather's like, okay, this is noted. Is this cancel culture or is this consequence culture? Uh, Consequences come from giving money to anybody in political office. I think that anybody should know that because a lot of that is public record, which is why they fought so hard to have things like super PACs where a lot of these donations can be anonymous. These are actually corporate PACs that are making direct donations to politicians. Um, I think, I think that you, if you exist on this planet and are involved in politics in some way, you should have an understanding that your donations will always come back to bite you in some way. I can't tell you how many times I've just tweeted like, oh, getting some nuggets at Chick-fil-A and eight people in my mentions were like, you hate that. gay people. Yeah. Enjoy that. Hate chicken. Right. And it's <laughs> and so, and you know, and I'm just a guy posting that I'm going to eat some nuggets. Imagine what it's like to be higher up in the, in the corporate chain there. You know, I, I remember when I worked for MCI, um, and I was calling people to get their long distance switched over. I'm sure you remember that whole mm-hmm. MCI Worldcom going out of business and everything like that. Well, I worked there right up until the end, up until the whole thing went up in smoke. And I remember one woman, I, I got her on the phone and I was talking to her about her long distance and if she wanted to switch over. And she told me I would never go with a company that gives people money to support abortion. And I was like, ah, ma'am, I'm in a cubicle. Like, this is the only pair. <laughs> like, that's above yeah. my pay grade, lady. Yeah, this is uh, this is the only pair of khakis that I own. I wash them every single night. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she said, I want you to do this. I want you to look up who your company makes donations to. And on that list, you're going to find Blockbuster Video and or, or like some type of foundation run by Blockbuster Video which then in turn funnels the money to like Planned Parenthood or something like that. And it sounded wild enough to like catch my interest. And I ended up going home and looking it up and she was right. Like, yeah, there was a, you know, and, and, and I, and in that moment, I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm definitely not going to sell this woman any long distance, but it was interesting to, to me to hear from somebody who was an informed consumer and was exercising economic consequences based upon those things. It was super rare. It was the first time I ever run into it. And now I feel like it's a pretty common thing. Like yes. I, the, I even, you know, uh, when I kind of try to not mix those two things up because it becomes so much to keep track of, there are still companies that I will not patronize um, based on personal principles and, but not something that I'm going to go be loud about on social media. So that everybody yeah. will think I'm some, but there are a couple of companies that I just don't 
do business with for whatever reason. Um, I you, same same way. I think you have every. You have to understand that you're if you're working for Target or Walmart or Chick Fil A or Toyota, that if you do this type of thing, it's going to come up. And so I think that there are definitely it definitely con it's a consequence, right? The people it's not like anybody who wasn't upset or wouldn't have the ability to get upset at Toyota is now going to be upset. These are all yeah. people who are involved in the political arena. These are all people who are deeply offended by the idea that there are people who would not certify the vote to certify the election results because it, it essentially resulted in, um, you know, storming of the Capitol. Families are broken up over this issue is a lot of hurt involved. And so I think Toyota actually has to explain themselves here and they tried and I think this is where we get into cancel culture because their reply sucked. <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, and they basically said like, hey, there's more than one thing to judge a politician on. And when I say they basically said that, like that is literally what they said. Like we don't just look at a, the people who voted to certify the election for stuff that we donate to their political campaigns. We're, you know, we're trying to serve our own interests. Um, and I don't know how people are going to handle that much truth. Yeah, that's that's a lot of truth. That was a lot of truth, and that too much truth. Yep. And I I like the truth. I also know that that ain't gonna go that ain't gonna go over well with people. Where the but you know I mean that's like people who are single single issue voters though though too. But I do believe that. In terms of certifying the election, that it's a big enough deal that I would not vote for somebody who did who refused to certify the election. I I, I would not because you have played into this like this misinformation and just and, and granted some of this happens on both sides and all of this, but just the idea that our democracy is at risk. And you would rather, instead of doing the right thing, you're just like, oh no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick over here with this side because we're, because we're buddies over, over here, dude. I hate it. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie. I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over twelve hundred games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, 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 here's the best of social media. The best of social media is where we show you literally the best of social media. And here is one of the things today is... Ralph showed me this. Tell me how wild this is. This is the liquor depot. I don't know where the liquor depot is, but there is a car that is parked in the liquor depot. And then all of a sudden the car comes out of the liquor depot and like almost kills people. Oh, shit. I'm going to show that again, just in case somebody missed it. My question is, how did somebody be happen to be filming this? That's my question. I think they pulled their phone out after the car already drove into the liquor. Oh, that make that makes sense. They were like, oh, oh, snap. Let me see what let me see what's going to happen next. And they actually got. The most amazing part. I mean, we're just talking about Toyota having a bad day. <laughs> that Camry on the wrong end of this woman backing out at approximately 30 miles an hour, backing out of the liquor depot, running over a woman's ankle uh, and then crashing into a Camry. That's just another that, that's that, that's another rough one. So Toyota takes another L. So tell people why she did this. OK, so I think this woman's name is Annie Williams. She's 58 years old, and she was having some type of domestic dispute with her partner. And because of that, she tried to run him over. She missed. She drove into a liquor depot, caused $25,000 worth of damage, which doesn't seem to be that much. I Uh, know, right? It seems like it would be way more than that. Like the car she hit should be probably totaled. Oh, for sure. And I guess she hit three other cars after the video ended. She um, ran from police when when they found her. Uh, But ultimately, she said that, like, she was in a fight with her partner. And because based on that fight, she tried to kill him multiple times. (laughs) Um, 58 years old and uh, still still passionate. (laughs) That's oh, passionate. Passionate is is the is a is a code name for crazy. Dude, this is exactly why I don't watch Snapped. Sometimes my my wife will try to watch Snapped with me. I'm like, I'm not watching this shit. Like, bro, like, it's scary. And she's like, why? Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then why would you be scared? I'm like, some of these dudes on here didn't know they were doing anything wrong. Some of them, they just wanted to just leave because they wanted the insurance money and wanted a new dude. So I'm like, no, I'm not watching a horror movie that could be a real life. Like, I don't mind fictional horror movies at night. Like, Jurassic Park is a horror movie, but no, I don't mind it. But, 
like, dude, I'm not watching. Oh, or A Quiet Place. I just saw that A Quiet Place, too. I can watch that at night. It's monsters, crazy dinosaur thing. That's not happening. I, I, I hope not, right? But my wife poisoning me with small doses of arsenic, that could have happened. So, so like that's like a real live scary thing and i cannot watch it before i go to go to sleep dude you might as well i might as well be like a nine-year-old and you put on texas chainsaw massacre before i go to sleep or something it, it's i i can't sleep dude it, it makes me uncomfortable it's too real life for anybody to be watching before they go to bed i don't have the energy for those type of blow-ups i mean i know that's pretty extreme that was attempted murder or whatever um, but I just, I, I, I don't, if somebody's that mad at me, it's like, all right, when you, your level of anger, you win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, I don't know. We joke about me not being competitive, but I'm definitely not like fight for my life in that situation. Competitive. Yeah. You know, I, I just can't imagine. So if, so if you were the guy that she was trying to run over, you're not trying to go fight her back. No, you're you're like you win. Oh yeah, that's her car now. I'm not bailing. <laughs> I'm definitely not bailing her out. Like she needs the time to cool off. Yeah, but when she gets out on bail, your ass is grass. It's the age thing that worries me. It's and it had me thinking. I was like, man, I got 19 more years to piss Aaron off that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, could I get there if I even wanted to or tried? Maybe it's possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know, man. Uh, that that type of stuff. It, it's and it's not super uncommon that like somebody just gets to that point where they they want to do physical harm of some t- kind, and if they're not the type of person that has actually physically harmed anybody before, and all they're thinking about is causing pain then whatever is available to them is what they're going to use. Yes, they will use whatever weapon it is because they probably couldn't do it with if it were like hand to hand. Um, All right. The next thing up, Ralph sent this to me, too. This is amazing. This is actually amazing by this uh, by this bear. I think that this is phenomenal, dude. Here is here is a bear at a zoo. But you're. First of all, of course, it's a white person feeding the bear. Because I guarantee you there's a sign somewhere posted that says don't feed the bears. Probably, right? (laughs) Definitely. Where I'm from, yes, you know not to do this. Okay, here it is. This bear looks used to this, dude. That bear looks used to catching stuff. Oh, for sure. Like that bear looked like it was on the jugs machine, but it was just slices of Wonder Bread getting frisbeed. Yeah. And he was um, like, whoop, whoop. Uh, as with any video of a, of a grizzly bear, that was terrifying. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're on a unicycle or in a video with, uh, I don't know if you ever saw that thing where Jennifer Aniston got to meet a bunch of bears close up. I'm horrified the entire time. I don't know if you've ever watched Grizzly Man. Grizzly yes, Man I watched Grizzly Man. Literally my nightmare. Um, I'm from Wyoming. That's not amusing to me in that. Like, it's really cool that you could bare hand catch 
a loaf of bread like it's cool to see the reaction time in an animal like that but i was uncomfortable the entire time the bear was on screen dude they're just I'm not watching to be- alone right now <laughs> and they're in grizzly bear country grizzly bears are fucking terrifying bro like oh my I, god I, oh my i don't even god. like black i don't even like black bears and and they are and and you can scare them off but with a grizzly bear, you just have to hope you didn't like get near its food or aren't in between it it and its cub. Yeah, I, I mean, a, a black bear or brown bear is pretty much like if you mixed a giant dog and a deer, like they're going to come in, they're going to eat all your shit. They're going to completely wreck it, but you could chase them away. Right. Yeah. But they do have that like intelligence, the reaction time, the speed, uh, at least for short bursts. Of a dog. I'm telling you, man, they, they, uh, a grizzly, uh, when my my grandfather passed away in 2008, late 2008, my son, my oldest son at the time was four weeks old. And because of that, we didn't want to put him on an airplane. So we piled in the car and we drove to my grandfather's funeral, which was in northern Wyoming. Because we were driving to a funeral and we didn't want it to be like this big, sad, depressing thing, we decided to drive through Yellowstone. And I go to Yellowstone every single year. Um, I'll be in Wyoming again in, in a couple of weeks. I love it. I don't mess with the animals there. You got to respect them. Um, not everybody plays by those rules. And it's not always the white people. I know you want to point that out. But we do get a lot of people from foreign lands who uh, have never seen that type of animal before that think that it's a great photo opportunity. Um, and those people do a great job of keeping Yellowstone medical in business. Um, <laughs> But so we're we're there. My my son is. You These know, are wild animals. Oh my it's, god! It's oh my not god. even and, in a zoo, and zoo animals are wild animals. And bears aren't even the worst ones, like because they're you can go to Yellowstone and not see a bear. I, I've only probably been there twice and not seen a grizzly bear, but. Uh, you can go and not run into a bear. You're always going to run into bison and you have all these people that harass the bison and it ends poorly for them or a moose, like a moose with a kid is enormous and, or, um, and, and violent. Yeah. They're violent and territorial and it's super scary. And so anyway, I say all that to say this, my four week old did what any four week old does. And he blew out his diaper in the back seat. So we had to get out and change his diaper and it made sense to get out anyway because there was a huge traffic jam anytime there's a traffic jam in yellowstone you can just assume that one person slowed down to see an animal on the side of the road and everybody else pulled over as well so we're in this traffic jam it's big enough that you have to assume that they're probably all looking at a bear right so we're about 30 40 yards behind the traffic jam pull over changing the diaper and i'm like man this grizzly because I can see it from a distance. I was like, this grizzly bear is kind of putting on a show for these people. Like it's kind of like leading everybody in a certain direction. And then it hits me. This grizzly bear is leading the crowd of people away from its cubs. And if it's leading people away from its cubs, then that means the cubs have to be somewhere where these people are not. And just I get this sinking feeling in my chest and I look over at Aaron, who's leaned into the back seat, changing our oldest son's diaper. And right behind her, two little puffballs come right out of the brush, right next to the back door of the car. We are inches away from two baby grizzly bears and probably 75 to 100 yards away from the mother. And when she saw that they popped out of the brush, 
she started heading our way. I remember telling Aaron, grab the kid, get in the front seat. I don't care if you get covered in shit. We have to go. And we like I peeled out in yet like we just you don't mess with them. Yeah. Ever for any reason. They because they look like that and they run as fast as that car that was backing out of the liquor depot when they're hunting <laughs> something. Yes. Yep. I just oh, I don't know. I did people that mess with bears like that. That gets on my nerves. And maybe that was a trainer or something, but it was done from the passenger seat of a car. So it was probably one of those drive through bear zoos. Yeah. Either way, I, I, I hate that shit, man. Leave them alone. 100%. Last thing up, this is Ralph's favorite thing to talk about in the whole entire world. And Ralph has a take on this that is outstanding. It is absolutely outstanding, and everybody needs to hear it. Is it better than the same mission? It's very dangerous. I I thought General Milley totally missed the point last week. He says, well, I read Mao and I read Stalin. That's nothing to do with it. We read read Mein Kampf in school. No one thought we were Nazis. That was part of the curriculum. You find out about other things in other insurgency. We get it. That has nothing to do with what critical race theory is. And the floor is yours, Ralph. Bro, no, it's Mein Kampf in school. (laughs) That's Brian. He's Fox and Friends. It's a propaganda show. Everybody knows it. Um, but did you read Mein Kampf in school, George? No, Holy no, shit. nobody reads that in school, bro. <laughs> like, what school be, were you at? It would 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 be the appropriate question. I and, like, and, and and Mein Kampf is Hitler's autobiography. Yes. Yes, it was. It was. We, anytime you see a politician about to run for something, they always drop a book. They always try to set the narrative on their life, who they are, where they come from. That was his. He was the worst human being to ever live, at least to ever live and accumulate power and execute it in, in the way that he did. Um, <laughs> I just I mean I taught school I taught literature I majored in literature like imagining a classroom setting where it's just like all right turn to page 22 of your translation of my struggle by Adolf Hitler right <laughs> I'm just trying to like oh like what is Brian Kilme talking about that what school would assign you Mein Kampf that would that would be like getting the 9-11 plans like, hey, I looked – look, in school, they made us read through the schematics of how they hijack planes and take down buildings. Doesn't mean we're going to hijack a plane. And it would just be like, back up. What? They made you read bin Laden's plans in school? Why? So right. I I don't know, man. I just that – that was a lot. I don't know if I have a better take on this than there should be no bases in baseball. Um but I, I definitely I'm going to call bullshit on the fact that there is no no school on Earth that would use public funds to <laughs> purchase Hitler's autobiography and hand it out to children. Yeah. Oh, oh, but but your your other point about critical race theory, I love to. Oh, it just a, we keep talking about the fact that the only time we've ever talked about critical race theory is to ask each other if anybody's ever talked to you about critical race theory. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I, Aaron, Aaron was yelling at me in a parking lot yesterday morning about critical race theory. And like, it, it wasn't even like it was, I had made this point to her 
and she brought up the point that like this is like a law school thing that it's not even and she's got multiple graduate degrees like she she said this is not something that anybody should be talking about outside of the context of like super high learning and i'm realizing that we've got like north carolinian people you know walking past us hearing somebody actually flip out about critical race theory and i was like oh this is gonna be the first time they've actually heard this word in public where it wasn't just on the news trying to get people riled up uh into a culture war um but yeah i again uh we have talked about critical race theory now, I think three times on Reister or wrong. And the context of which every single time has been like, I still don't know what this is. <laughs> I still don't know what this is, but it's apparently ruining the entire world. And we all need to be super aware of it all of the time, bro. It, it's, it's a disaster. How much, how much play that this gets. And the, my whole stance on it is you don't have to teach critical race theory. Just teach the fucking truth about what has happened in America. That's it's simple. If you teach the truth, you don't have to teach some sort of uh, like nationalism or critical race. theory. You don't have to teach any of that. Just teach the truth of what happened. The actual events. Can I can I throw something out there that's not like that's maybe too boring to be controversial, but I I do think it plays in. We have a lot of people who think that like, oh, you know, our elementary school teachers lied to us. Columbus didn't sail the ocean blue. He came here and he raped and pillaged and and, and murdered and did it all for profit and fame. But they made us learn this rhyme about Columbus and therefore our teachers were evil. School is evil. Uh, School is covering up the truth. And, uh, you know, and this is part of the conversation that I had with Aaron yesterday. I was like, I think what it really comes down to is just some people wrote stuff down and some didn't. Like, we learned pretty early on in school that Leif Erikson got here first. We learned pretty on early on in school that Christopher Columbus encountered people in his voyage to the Americas that were already here. But we teach about Christopher Columbus because he was journaling the entire time. Right? So, like... Yeah. It, People say that like history is written by the victors or whatever. No, history is written by the people who write. Yeah. <laughs> history history is written by the people who produce content. <laughs> and so, so 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 he so his name is known because he was one of the only people who decided to produce the most content or or he had the best outlet to get his content out. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that like it, some of it is malicious and some of it is cultural dominance or supremacy based. I so will give this you that. Is but the difference some of it really has to do with available C- materials on public access and being on NBC. Yes. Yeah. And so he 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 wrote about it. And therefore, that's what we, how many times, George, have you gone to a restaurant just because it's close to your house? It might not be the best place to eat, but it's yeah. just convenient. Yeah. Right. I, I think learning about Columbus, Vasco da Gama, all these people who actually like wrote about their journeys or had other people chronicling it for them. I mean, dude, we're both Christians, right? Like, yep. There were probably a lot of people that came and claimed to be a messiah or a prophet. or, But this time, it all got written down <laughs> and it all got compiled over the course of history. And so it's a lot easier to follow because we have all this source material. Um, <laughs> I just think that it's it, it's an availability issue as well. 
I, I would put it as well in there. It's not solely an availability thing, but yeah. it's much easier to teach about Columbus when he m- made it possible by chronicling what Correct. happened. Correct. I agree with that on some level. Um, you guys, that is Reister or Wrong for the day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Hit us up, 818-293-7547, or shoot us an email. I'm mad. I-M-M-A-D at unafraidshow.com. Um, peace out. Catch you guys on Wednesday. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Yippee, would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When we come together, it's magic. And for 30 years, we've celebrated that because our ideas, our art, our flavor, our community, our impact, there's nothing like it here in this place. This is where we fall more in love with everything that makes us, us. This is the place where we love us. Celebrate 30 years of loving us at Essence Festival. Get your tickets at EssenceFestival.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.